Hello and welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key podcast. And today we're talking all about one of my favorite topics, which is networking. But before you run away screaming, thinking, oh God, not another podcast about networking or not another person waxing lyrical about the benefits of networking, please bear with me because I have a very special guest with me today. And that is Bradley Hatchett from a company Network My Club. And as with a lot of businesses, Bradley uh, had to adapt at the start of lockdown back in March. And he has um, basically just changed the way that his entire organization runs events and promotes events for other people. And he has adopted a specific uh, tech tool to help him mimic all of the wonderful things that you would get from an in-person event and bring them online. So he doesn't just offer sort of standard Zoom networking events with breakout rooms. He really does offer something different. And in this episode, he shares with us his journey around how he adapted his business, why he settled on this particular tech tool, and also like how you can get involved in using a platform like this to run your own event or how you can get the most out of attending a networking event yourself. So there really is something for everybody in this episode. There are so many different things that you can take away that will really add a new dimension to your networking activity. Because also just remember that networking is not just going to a networking meeting and being sold out or pitched to or doing a 60 second pitch. You know, we're networking every day. We're networking all the time. And um, the more effective you can be in your networking activity the bigger the network of fans advocates and associates that you're going to get and the faster that you're going to be able to grow your business so this really is an episode that you're going to want to uh, to check out and listen to um, and also uh, the episode does come with a companion pdf which is a free guide that i'm offering to you if you just head over to charliewyman.com forward slash resources you can download it there and the guide is seven ways that you can market your business for free and as you might imagine uh, networking is part of that also organizing your own event is part of that i've been organizing my own events for well over 15 years now and um, you can do it for free Uh, You can do it on a small budget and have a really big impact. And there are lots of different ways that you can do it. So this free resource doesn't just give you seven ways that you can market your business for free, but it also gives you lots of tips and things like that that you can use and adopt in your own business. Um, Especially important right now when a lot of us need to be uh, really resourceful and take advantage of the things that we're already doing. So um, yeah, I hope that that resource is going to add a lot of value to what it is that you're doing. And I hope that you really enjoy and get a lot of value from this episode with Bradley. So let's get stuck in, shall we? Hello and welcome to this episode of the Curiosity Key podcast. I'm joined today with Bradley Hatchett from Network My Club and we're going to be talking all about networking and the power of using online events to get more from your business. So welcome Bradley, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, thank you. So one of the reasons why I was really, really keen to get you to come on this podcast is because you have completely adapted your business um, when lockdown came about about earlier this year. And, um, you know, you're kind of combining quite a few things that I have a huge interest in, sort of sports and networking and online events. So um, first of all, I just wanted to um, give you the opportunity to explain a little bit about what your business looked like before lockdown. And now, and what it looks like now. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you've given me the chance because I'm definitely explaining 
what two new people I meet who what who networked my club were before lockdown and who we are now and and very quickly before um we have always been a, a business networking membership organization pre-lockdown um our events would take place at iconic sporting venues so places like twickenham stadium uh, the oval cricket ground the amex stadium so all, all across the southeast and london uh, predominantly um, they made for great places to network in, very different to a bar or a city, a bar or a, a hotel in the city, for example. Um, and, and that's what our business was, was built on um, in terms of events and uh, as, a, as a networking, uh, as a membership organization, providing that support to, biz- to businesses to make sure that they're meeting the right people. Um, lockdown hits and we've had to com- completely pivot the business on its uh, on, on its head and turn the business on its head and move online which has been a really um well if you'd asked me six months ago um i would say it's a very stressful uh, journey but it's been a really uh, challenging um journey but one that you know has really opened up some opportunity for us so now we are running all of our events online um we've adopted the platform remo um having spent time on Zoom didn't really work for us um, as a as a tool to replicate our popular in-person events, which we prided ourselves on being very well attended. Um, and yeah, moving that onto Zoom was very difficult, whereas Remo for us has given us the ability to replicate as best as we can that in-person format we had, um, including you know, guest speakers and informal networking and, and, and that sort of thing. And ultimately networking, which I personally don't think Zoom gives you a huge amount of. Um, uh, so, yeah, six, well, seven months now into into the lockdown. Now we're going into the next lockdown, but we're um, a, an online networking um, company um, that, uh, that, yeah, is, has, has had to completely flip our business around and, and move to online. But as I say, it's it's been in a challenging but an exciting sort of journey the last seven months and yeah who knows how much longer for we'll just be online and, and, and until we're back in person oh well you've just given me all of the questions um for <laughs> from that intro uh, to talk about because there is a lot that we can talk about here and um just as a testament you know i've i've not yet had the opportunity to attend one of your events however um through a mutual contact i've i've heard great things about the events that you're doing using remo so Let's talk first about that kind of that period of um, adaption, because obviously you can't run in-person events. You knew that you needed to adapt and change. Um, You knew that Zoom wasn't the right fit. So what was your process in terms of finding a different platform? Because like Remo um, is a a really great tool. I've used it a few times, had a great experience with it. We can talk a little bit more about that later, but I'm keen to know a little bit more around how you decided that Remo was the right solution for you. Yeah, absolutely. So we did at the start of the the lockdown, um, we did pretty much what everyone did and adopted Zoom. And for us, it was a really good tool for us to, as a bit of a stopgap, really, to say that we are doing something virtually. Um, I was very transparent with our members to say that just give us some time to get our head around it. It's as new to us as it is to you so please bear with us we're going to try lots of new things some will work some won't um and we were just finding that we were trying to bend zoom to work in our favor um it's a great communications tool um a really good 
platform if you've got smaller groups um but for us as i say we prided our events being on well attended you know 7500 people in a room kind of events and doing that on zoom just was not possible so we had limited ourselves to the number of attendees to keep it really conversational um i was pretty much chairing the events and giving people the chance to speak and and talking talking about different topics but as i say in in terms of so I, as a business, we weren't able to scale that, um, that, that much further than what we were already doing. The, the way to scale was to do more events, but we were putting as much time planning and running a, an event on Zoom as we were, you know, all, even our in-person events just without the travel and the time taken to, to actually deliver it. So the, the option of adding more events to the schedule wasn't really a viable one as a business. Uh, we've got a finite amount of resource as a team of, of four. Um, so we didn't want to spread ourselves too thin. So, yeah, I got to, I got to work looking at different pieces of um, software and platforms that are out there. And a contact of mine shared me a link to Remo and said, this is something that's emerging. Um, take a look at it. And, yeah, just just started to investigate how it worked and what it looked like and to be honest it was very rough around the edges when we first adopted it back in April um, and I thought I could see what the premise of the platform and how it could work from a networking perspective um, and we just decided to test a couple of events we did some for just purely our members to say look this is something we are investigating and looking to adopt could you almost be our guinea pigs and work with us on an event um, to see how it works. And, you know, that first event, that first test event pretty much was a really good learning experience from us. We gathered so much feedback, um, not just from attendees and how they experienced it, but, you know, ways to better prepare them and what they wanted to know before the event. And because it was very new to them as well. And, and for those who don't know the Remo platform, it is a hell of a lot more different than something like a Zoom or Teams or Skype. And when you first go into a Remo event, it can be overwhelming. Um, so we, we did a couple of test events um, with members only. Again, very transparent to say this may not work. It may be brilliant, but just, just bear with us. And that was really our, our process in trying uh, Remo. It was, the, it was the one platform and one piece of software that stood out to me. Um, and we'll come into it a little bit later, I'm sure. But ultimately, what it gives attendees is that freedom and the flexibility to move around an event um, and someone said to me just last week after our event, it's, he said for the first time in seven months, he's had control over his networking again, which was a great testimonial to have. Um, and that's essentially what it gives you. Um, so as I say, it was rough around the edges that it runs off your browser rather than a third party application. So there's a few things that you need to be wary of with that. And that's just something you learn over time, um, ways to prepare people. But um, I saw the potential. So we thought, let's run events on Remo alongside Zoom and see, you know, what traction we get. We know the Zoom um, platform works well. We know our format on Zoom works well, um, but Remo is potentially going to give us ability to scale the business and scale our events to back to the size we were. So that was really, that happened over, I'd say a three, four week period from around the middle of April. And then from middle of May, we were really sort of hitting the ground running with Remo, started to invite people that weren't members um, 
so so yeah that was our process really to to, to migrate onto Remo and then around June July I think it was end of June we made the decision to just move all of our events onto Remo and we don't do anything on on Zoom anymore. Brilliant and did you test or try any of the other tools or platforms that were um, kind of coming out at the time? It was more demos with their teams and yeah th things like that and, and for us there wasn't as I say, our format on Zoom worked well. Um, we were comfortable with it. Our members liked it. It was generating some good conversation and we were connecting up people well. So there wasn't anything out there that really offered a... I think the one thing the Zoom events were missing was an element of networking. Um, it was very conversational. We did... I know there's the breakout rooms. We didn't tend to use the breakout rooms so much purely because you don't... As, a, as an organiser, you don't have as much... Uh, involvement. Um, we love to hear from our members. We love to understand what's going on in their world. So, you know, yes, I appreciate the breakout rooms offers an element of networking. Um, but again, I think people are trying to bend it to work in their favor. And there was just nothing out there that, that stood out to me and go, there's that networking element that our events are missing. And Remo just offered that, that side of the events, the the networking element as, along with, you know, the other part of Remo is the, the presentation element, which still allowed us to do um, discussions and guest speakers and that sort of thing, which again, our, um, our events on Zoom had, and we're also missing guest speakers in Zoom. So there were pros and cons to both, but I just saw there was more opportunity within Remo, um, particularly from a networking event perspective. Um, I, I personally haven't seen anything out there to rival it in terms of, networking and 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 giving people that freedom to uh to to network it is great because it mimics those um you know that kind of open networking where you can kind of like you can see somebody on their own and go and speak to them or you can join a table or you could see a group of people that you know and then go and join their table or talk to them um or it, there's so many different options with a remo and especially for an event organizer as well you have that control where you can say right i'm going to summon everybody to the main conference area you know give them enough notice but summon everybody to the main conference area so nobody misses anything you don't have people joining late and it's um, it kind of removes a lot of the frustrating things about organizing an in-person event, I think, just because you've got those controls of moving people around, but then also giving them the flexibility to kind of have that control themselves. Yeah, um, we've, we've, we've even heard feedback from, because you get the ability to configure the room based on your event and even people who've come to our events say it's just nice to see virtual tables and chairs um, yeah. and be able to move on to different tables and where I think a platform like Remo will we, we will continue with online even when we're back to face-to-face -face because Remo has really allowed attendees to streamline the networking process you know where you would typically go to an in-person event um, and you know that there's three or four people there that you want to try and catch up with or you want to try and meet um, but you don't know where they are within the event you don't know which table they're on or whether you might bump into them whereas Remo you get to hover over the room and say oh there's so and so that I've been meaning to speak to I'm going to go jump on their table or um, you know you, you or in our case, we've configured our room. So we've got one-to-one -one areas within the actual floor plan that people can have those private conversations during the event, establish if there's another conversation to have afterwards. And after they're done there, they can just jump straight back into the main networking area. So in my, my opinion, the, 
that Remo has allowed, and this, this is down to us as a team to educate people how best to utilize it and how best to use their time on it. But um, we've, we've started to see people really streamline that networking process where they're doing one-to-ones during the event rather than after. They are meeting more of the right people rather than going into, event, going into an in-person event in the unknown. And you know, at an in-person event, yes, we say to people, if you know that so-and-so is attending, let us know and we will make an introduction. That doesn't always happen. And we will get pulled from one conversation to another. And admittedly, we wouldn't be able to do that. Whereas Remo, again, as I say, gives people the control to see who's in the event and yeah, makes it a lot more efficient for them. Um, so yeah, there's um, it's, it's really, as I say, not, I've not seen anything like it out there. So for us, it's ticked so many boxes um, based on our events, but um but I think there is a place for platforms like Zoom from a networking perspective, just on smaller scale um, that are more conversational. Well, we still, um, I say I say we, the collective we, um, we still use Zoom for LinkedIn local events in Nottingham. Um, but we have we have quite a large network, but the events aren't always um, like huge. So Zoom works perfectly for us because we can really use those breakout rooms and it's um, it's not a formal sort of networking environment we're there to kind of encourage people to connect and get to know the person behind the profile and the job title and just be a little bit more relaxed so it's perfect for that kind of thing but the Remo events that I've been to as well um especially there was one organized by one of my previous podcast guests Scott Leeper who organized Kind Fest um which was absolutely wonderful and it was great because you had like two floors within this virtual environment you had the kind of like networking where you can just go and meet somebody for some uh, sort of like random matchmaking networking you've got the different tables that all had a theme and it was all very very interactive and then they also had the, uh, the sort of main event with the speakers and everything and it just made it all very it was all very personal. It was all very interactive and it was all incredibly engaging and valuable. So um, it, there were so many different benefits of using it. But I did want to pick up on what you said before around getting feedback from your members. So what process do you use in terms of getting feedback and actually getting that valuable information from your members? I mean, post-event, the typical methods of using surveys and and, and things like that, using conversation um using conversational social posts to not just get involvement from our members, but people outside of our network who are also networking online and, and they can, they can share some valuable insight as much as our members. Um, and, but, but typically it's um, Claudia who works outside as membership manager. Um, we'll, we'll be speaking to members um, regularly. We'll be onboarding new members. Um, and, yeah, I think it's our policy is that people can come along to a couple of events um, as a non-member, see how it works for them. Um, so when it comes to the, the, the time of, of considering joining, um, they, they can do uh, or, or they, they, know, they know the platform and they, they can give us feedback as much as members that use it regularly. Um, so um, that, that's typically how we'll go down the route of, um, route of feedback. Um, but it's not just a one event thing this happens over time and we're we're learning we're almost 80 events in on remo ourselves and we are learning more or less after every single event oh we could have done that or we could have done this um so that's an ongoing process for us um and you know you look at the the whole networking experience or the whole event experience online it's 
what could we have done better before the event to prepare people before they attend? What could we do better during the event? What could we do better after the event? And there's just all these stages to consider. But initially, it was about what what's the experience within the event? Okay, within the event, people didn't necessarily know what they were going to expect or how the platform worked. Okay, that means we need to focus on before the event, how are we informing people better? Um, so it's an ongoing process, but it's typically through uh, surveys, conversations, um, using the events themselves to jump onto tables and ask people, how's it going? What could we, what, you know, what would you like to see? Um, so there's various touch points that, that we'll, that we tap into. And as a team, we'll, we'll regularly sit down uh, whether weekly or monthly and say, should we try this or should we try that based on regular feedback? And we'll always try and get feedback, um, you know, not just not act upon one-off feedback and say, oh, that we could have done that. If that's a regular thing that we keep hearing over the course of a few weeks, right, let's, let's act upon that and see what we can do. So as I say, it's a forever moving process with, um, with feedback. Oh, it's music to my ears. The fact that A, you have a process and uh, B, that you actually prioritize um, that review every single event. Because uh, one of the things that I work with clients on is how to get more ROI from their events and how to leverage events in a more beneficial way for their company, not just in a marketing sort of arena, but also in a sales arena. And, you know, once the event is over, I think a lot of people go to an event or organize their own event and just think, right, okay, I've left the room now, so then that's it over. But I've always said to people, it's just like, no, actually the the easy bit is attending the event or actually being at the event that you've organized. Even though that may seem like really hard work and really stressful and all over the place, that is the easy bit. It's the stuff that happens before and also the stuff that happens afterwards to learn and adapt and use that learning in what you do in the future. So it's yeah. great to hear that you are using those insights and that you also have a proper process around it because <laughs> that just makes life so much easier. <laughs> I mean, I mean... I wouldn't. It is a process. Absolutely. But for us, we've just had to be incredibly reactive over the last few months. I mean, where before, if a good idea came up or a good suggestion came up, we would go, okay, let's work on that over the next few weeks and let's implement that down the line. Whereas now, if an event comes, is put on the, sorry, if an idea is put on the table and it's good, it's a good one to, to run with now, we, we prioritize that and we, 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 we go with that because things are moving so fast and the whole the online networking world and the online events world is moving so fast that we as a team have got a collective, uh, we're a collective agreement that we can almost trailblaze how online networking goes. Um, there is no blueprint. There is no way of how it worked before. Um, so it's really down to people like us to create a blueprint and create something that um, people, you know, to be seen as a market leader and someone that's uh, as a company, as an organization that are really sort of leading the way when it comes to that. So, you know, that's where, you know, we are listening to so many people. We are trying to gauge um, so much and with the idea being that, you know, we want to create the best experience possible when it comes to online networking. Um, because as I say, there, 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 there isn't anything to go by um, and there wasn't anything before so yeah it's it's just about being really re reactive at the moment and what's the um the most bizarre piece of feedback that you've received over the last six months that you've kind of you've you've heard or you've read and you've been a bit like oh where's that come from 
Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's a huge amount of bizarre um, feedback. The good thing is from our perspective now, a lot of the feedback we get is regarding the platform um, and it's out of our control. Um, little things like, oh, could you make the icons bigger on Remo or could you do this? And um, these are all things that now we build into sort of how we educate people. Um, you know, a, a workaround for that, for example, is that you can zoom in on the screen slightly and see people a little bit bigger. Um, but now we're starting to get feedback that's more platform related than our experience and our performance related. Um, not to say that's completely gone, but there is, there's, so there's always things that we can work on. But now we're feeding that back to people like Remo, who are very open to getting feedback from users, from event organizers, um, as they are. In a, in a position of um, significant high demand um, and a significant increase in demand over the last few months. So, you know, when we adopted it back in April, um, I had a personal relationship almost with someone at Remo and they were saying, How, how's it going? What could we do better? What's this? And so now, you know, they, they as an early adopter of, of Remo, particularly in the UK, it's quite big in the States and in other parts of um, the world. But, um, but yeah, so they wanted to know, you know, how it's working for us. So a lot, a lot of the feedback is now platform related, um, which is good because they're open to changing that, which is ultimately, um, which is ultimately in improving our experience um, and others that are using the platform as well. So yeah, that's, that's a good sign for us that a lot of the feedback is now not so much out of our control, um, but it's, it's something that we can feed back to the developers at Remo and they can build that into their, their ongoing developments themselves. It's a blessing and a curse, isn't it, really, when you rely on somebody else's tool? Because I, mm. um, uh, one of my previous podcast guests used the, uses the same platform as I do for my membership community. So I have the Curious Marketing Club and I use a platform called Mighty Networks to host that club on. And it's like always the case, the feedback from members is like, oh, it'd be great if we could do this. And a lot of the time we can change and adapt things so that they can get what, it, what they want from it. But then other times it's outside of your control so that you're there feeding it back to the software provider going, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? Um, mm. Somebody said to me the other week, it's like, well, why don't you just develop your own tool? And it's like, well, you could, but that would cost you a lot of money to kind of rewrite what loads of people are already doing. And, you know, you're always going to have to make compromises no matter what you choose. So um, it's just choosing the thing that you have to compromise the least on. And, yeah, um, yeah just use it to the best yeah. of your ability. And, and I mean, one thing I will add is that the, we had members that some preferred Zoom and the format that we ran on Zoom, some preferred Remo. And we almost had to manage that process in terms of feedback. And, so, you know, we had to get people just adopting Remo, give it, give it a couple of goes um, and let us learn and let us inform you guys better. And we, we, we hope that the experience will improve over time. Um, so we had to balance that. And that was, a, that was something that, you know, that was just personal preference. But again, had to look at, the viability of each platform as a business and the potential to scale the business on each platform. Um, and that's not just from a business perspective, that's from our members' perspective. How would, would you rather be in a Zoom call with 10 other people or would you rather be in a Remo event with 60 other people and you've got the ability to move around and chat to whoever you want? And that's, that's something that we've just had to, we had to navigate probably for a few weeks when we made that that transition from away from Zoom to Remo. And, you know, fun, funnily enough, some of our biggest advocates 
now are those that there were biggest skeptics of going on to Remo. So um, yeah, it's that's a life lesson really. Give something a go, give it a few goes. Don't judge uh, something based on one experience. Um, and so so yeah, that was that was something we had to manage in terms of feedback and <laughs> when Zoom coming back or. Uh, <laughs> When, when we had to be very, very strict on the fact that, right, we've committed to Remo um, and this is where we're going to go with it. Oh, it's always the case. And you're always going to have people that, you know, nobody likes change. There was a, a great article I was reading the other week about branding and about why some brand redesigns fail and why others are okay. And it kind of fits in with a framework that I use with, with my clients, which is all about designing your network. And it's that, you know, you need to have your fans in your network, people that love you, people that support you, people that are willing to kind of go through that painful testing process with you um, and just just bear with you on that process and that your customers should be your fans. And if they're not, then that's a piece of work that you need to focus on. Because when you have fans, like you said, when you're going through that testing, they'll be with you every step of the way. They'll be there to give you that feedback. They'll help you. They'll support you. Because, you know, you could go off on one direction and say, right, okay, this is what we think is the great thing. But without that feedback from your customers, you're not going to build a business that people want to keep coming back to. Mm. So it's great yeah, to hear right. you've got it's, that. And, and you're right in, in that they then become your biggest referrers, your biggest advocate, because they feel like they've shaped your product or your service. And if you are willing to listen and give them that time to share feedback and whether that's via a survey or via a call, um, they, they will value that. And as, as I say, some of the biggest skeptics of our events are now some of our biggest advocates. And that's the same across all industries. And I've seen it a lot with various uh, members in different sectors that have had to really adapt their offering, adapt their business. And, you know, they're, they're saying similar things in that, you know, if you look off, if you, if you give your existing customers the chance to um, share how you can improve, um, they will, you know, the, the longevity of that relationship will definitely increase. So um, yeah, we've, we've seen it and I'm seeing it across various sectors that have had to really change and, and adapt their offering. It's back onto that no like, and trust, isn't it? Because nobody loves to do a survey. Let's be honest, we all hate <laughs> doing surveys. So many people are asking us all the time, just do this survey, give us some feedback, do this, this and this. Uh, but unless you like the person or that you're sort of invested in their success, you're not going to actually spend that time and do the survey. You kind of need that incentive and, and need that, that reason to keep going. Um, and it, a lot of what you're saying about Remo's that it helps give people that purpose and intent for networking because one of the reasons that people stop networking is because they don't have that that purpose-driven approach and that they give up on it too early and it also comes down to that fact about um, developing fans and advocates within your network so I always think that your kind of fans have to be people that have experienced working with you in some way whereas your advocates could be people that that have just met you and love you and want to recommend you and introduce you and refer you mm. and um, what you're saying is that essentially you can get you can build up a network of advocates through the process of networking when you go networking you're never going to meet your direct end customers and a lot of people just think oh networking's not working for me because i'm never in front of my direct end customers or nobody's buying from me well first of all that takes ages anyway whereas if you go networking with the view of developing a network full of fans and advocates and people that can refer you then you get so much more out of it so Based on your experience, because you have experience on both sides of the fence of running and organizing events and, and sort of helping your members get the great experience from it, where do people go wrong with networking? 
I think first and foremost is twofold is mindset to networking um, Mm -hmm. and going into it, as you say, thinking you're going to meet your end client or that decision maker you need to meet. Some people are very lucky that they will go to an event and they will meet, but that's a very small percentage. Um, So going into networking, thinking it's a quick win and you are going to generate X amount of business um, is not the right way to start. So that's first, that's first things first. And, and with that comes um, the wrong expectation and having set, setting yourself to higher expectation and going, right, I'm going to join this networking group. And after three months, I want to have generated X. And after six months, I want to generate X. That's a great way to go in, in terms of having a strategy and having some targets, but um with that needs to come the mindset of you are going there to generate some relationships, get to meet some new people, build on those relationships over time. So when you are, when those people meet someone that's in a position to buy or do what you do, um, they will refer you quite happily. And if they are in a position to buy what you are offering, they will come to you. And, you know, I've, I put a post out on LinkedIn yesterday about the fact that we're going into the lockdown. What would be your best tip um you know what did you learn the last time what would you share um as a piece of advice and my my advice was not to go not to go hiding um and and this is a general tip to networking it's don't just dip in and out of it you know be consistent because people might not be in the position to buy when you first meet them or that that one time you meet them but you need to be front of mind when they are in a position to or when they know someone that's in a position to so it's all about drip feeding you know that 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 insight that you've got and building on that relationship over time so when someone thinks oh networking i need to speak to bradley at network my club and that's really you know something that i i had that mindset of when i was creating when i set up network my club and when we were creating our our network and building the network it was like i want to be when someone thinks networking they think network my club and that can apply to all industries so um it's really i think as going back to your question it's it's really having the right mindset and not setting yourself unrealistic expectations because you will be disappointed and you will be in that that class of people that says networking doesn't work and i've had that conversation with so many people to say why is it not working for you oh i thought i was going to get x amount or i thought i was going to get this well there's the problem let's scale it back and let's not go into it with any expectation and one of our members who is a great networker he's a sales coach he's probably the best networker i've I've ever met when he joined network my club um, and he won't mind me naming him gary morgan great guy he said Oh, just so you know, I'm not expecting anything from my membership in the first year or two. <laughs> and that that's great to hear because, you know, if something does happen in that first year or two, he hasn't got that, the expectation that it was, but he just knows the principles of networking happens over a longer period of time and you need to be prepared for that. And that's where, whether you're in a sales role, business development role, or you are the business owner or director, regardless of your position within the company you need to have that mindset and it's not a case of going to an event and seeing seeing what you can get so mindset and and two higher expectations would be certainly where i see most people going wrong that say networking doesn't work (laughs) great um great insights and then tips that you've shared as well uh expectations is such an interesting one because networking is a marketing strategy at the end of the day and everybody 
I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody that's not said, oh, I was really disappointed with how that worked out. or I was really disappointed with doing this. But more often than not, it's all because they didn't have the right expectations around what it was that they were doing or didn't look at the bigger picture of it. Because uh, I think it goes back to what we were saying before about people treating an event like a singular event or a singular action and not considering the work that needs to be done once that event is over the kind of follow-up the nurturing the relationship building you know having a a website or a LinkedIn profile that backs up what you're saying that adds to Mm. that credibility and authority um and I think the, the thing that I have always said and I try to get more people to think in this way is just be more curious you know it's like when you go networking, just think about how you can make the people that you meet more curious about what it is that you can do for them or other people that they know. And then just keep nurturing that curiosity and get them excited about the prospect of doing business with you because then you're going to create that network of fans and advocates and you're going to enjoy the whole experience a lot more because you're going to get more from it as well. Yeah, you just, that, that's, I think that's why we've ended up on the podcast because we, <laughs> we share that we share that same belief and I say it a lot, the most effective person at a networking event is the most curious, mm-hmm. the most curious person there. And it is so true. Be curious how you can help that person. Be curious about their business. Be curious about how, you know, who can you introduce them to? Because, you know, it is all about, you know, giving first, receiving second when it comes to networking. That's a very old adage, but it is very true. So being curious in how you can, um, how you can help is it's such a key thing um, to getting long-term results when it comes to networking. And, and uh, as you say, the, the, what you do outside of networking is uh, outside of the event itself is as crucial. Um, and, you know, we start first and foremost by qualifying members with that, right. Have they got the right mindset? Have they got the right expectations? Great. Now we can educate them about best practices, either side of the event, making sure they look at the delegates, the delegate list list uh, we sent at, we send out in advance, researching that, seeing who's attending after the event, following up those conversations and uh, not just once, but twice, three times, or if not, making sure that you're at the next event so you can see them again. Um, so once once they're in, once you've got that right mindset, great, you're, you're set up for success. Then it's a case of working on a, on a process, on a strategy that works for you uh, because networking and going networking is a skill. Um, much like you know, investing that time into your marketing as a business, into your sales. Um, there's, there's, it is, it plays a really big part in that, and it's not something that's a one size fits all. Um, it is something that you can improve, you can, um, you can work on over time. So, yeah, once they've got that mindset, doing so, educating and informing about how best practices outside of that is the easier part, and something that they they should be open to. Um, open to learning so we're we're running out of time here and there's one kind of big topic that i did want to talk about um because it's it's very sort of plays into uh, what you're doing at the moment what you offer um and also one of the uh, sort of marketing strategies that i do encourage some businesses to consider and that is organizing your own event or meetup whether it's a networking event it's a conference it's a user conference or something it's a it's a marketing strategy that i've used for the last 15 years well more than that now um in terms of organizing our own event to create that community and then do more with it and it's always proved very very effective so we've also talked a lot about creating that experience and also the importance of educating people so if you're going to run your own event there is a piece that you do need to do in in order to educate the people that you're going to invite to your own event 
Do you have any other tips? I'm saying, do you have? Of course you have. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share your tips um, for people that are considering organizing their own events? I mean, there's there's so much to it, and I have just written a blog about this. There's sort of, there's six or seven key areas to focus on, and a lot of it is driven by, you know, asking yourself what is the purpose of the event, what are you looking to get out of it as a business, what are the audience going to get out of it, um, and how are you looking to make them feel? What are you looking for them to? Um, are you looking to motivate them, inspire them, excite them, um, sell to them, whatever it may be? There is a purpose as to why you're running the event and why um, your audience is coming. So once you've understood that and really understood what your event is, the, the key elements are then, right, what's the what's the right platform for us? What's the, um, the right time to do the event? How long should we do the event for? I think um, a question that I ask um, a lot of event organizers that are considering working with us on with online events is what's the balance between content and networking and discussion. And that's something that you can work out based on. And this will lead um, into drive. Well, this will drive what platform you use or we would recommend and how long the event will go on for, but really thinking about how much is information um, informational and content led from the event. Um, and if it's, heavily sided to that, um, you know, then you can start to choose, you know, platforms like Zoom are great for that. Um, you probably don't want to run an event for longer than an hour or for 45 minutes when it's just someone speaking at you or webinars and things like that. But if you want to encourage discussion, conversation, networking, um, there's a there's a host of platforms for that. So I think asking yourselves, asking yourself that question um, about not just what the event um, from your perspective and the audience perspective, what's the purpose of it? But, you know, what's the balance between content and networking and discussion? Because one thing that we've learned and that people are learning is that there are tools out there to cater for both. Um, you know, I've, I've had um, event organizers come to us and say, could, could you work with us to run a webinar for an hour? And I said, okay, so you've just got people talking for an hour. Yes you should do that on zoom that's something you can do you don't need to invest in someone to do that learn the platform very very easy to do that um whereas if someone wants to do a two-hour conference that's got a combination of in informational insightful um, talks for 15 minutes then breakout spaces where people can go and network and and have conversations then that's where we can work with them and, and work with them on in particular the remo platform um but it's really weighing up you know they've obviously considered as an attendee they want to inform them um, or they want to inspire them, motivate them, whatever that may be, but they also want them to network and they want to offer that side of things. So I think content and networking discussion balance is a key thing to consider when you are thinking about an online event and then ultimately why, uh, why are you doing the event? Because like in-person networking events, uh, virtual events are starting to become as popular um, and people are being overwhelmed by the amount of webinars the amount of online networking events so why are you doing it and why is yours going to be any different to um any all the others that are out there so um there are there are lots of different tips i could go into about the different areas but once you've understood that the rest sort of follows 
Oh, I love the fact that you've just uh, sort of ended on the best, well, in my in my mind, the best hit, which is like, you know, why are you doing it and what are your attendees going to get out of it? Because it's that thing, you know, like people are going to be so picky around how they're using their time because we are all completely overloaded with Zoom meeting invites. Lots of people are doing events, but that doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity for you to do your own event or to shine and to really stand out in your market. Um, but I, I think it's great that you you said, right, okay, it's easy for, the, for you to do this yourself. You don't need to work with somebody else as uh, so many companies come to me they're like oh well I you know I just want somebody to do it all for me especially on LinkedIn I just want somebody to do it for me and I'm like well I, you know or what was it somebody said to me the other day it was like well I know that you don't do this but can you recommend somebody that would and I'm like well I, I could but I don't recommend it as a as a as a strategy because mm. when you get somebody else to do it for you you're kind of like um giving away the ownership and responsibility of that particular thing and you're never going to get what you want to gain out of it and there are so many different things that you can do that don't require a big learning curve that are easy to get set up that are easy to do and you can just start it small you don't have to have this big oiled polished machine kind of going back to what we were talking about about having those fans if you're doing something for people that already love you then it doesn't need to be this kind of like great grand thing, but just getting it started or putting it out there is a great thing to do. And talking to somebody like Bradley about who can advise you and point you in the right direction. And then, you know, if you do really, really want somebody to do it for you, then, you know, you and your team would do a really good job for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> what, we're, what we're just trying to encourage people is that there is a world outside of Zoom. And I think where people fell into the trap early on in, in lockdown is taking their event that happened in person and just slapping it on Zoom and trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. Whereas we we just want people to come to us with their event ideas, whether that be a uh, networking event, whether that be a conference, a an awards night, whatever it may be, come to us with the idea and we will use our experience and our expertise to see if it can work and and make suggestions that yes i think that could work but equally if you come to us and say i just want to rub a, run a 45 60 minute webinar with people talking i would probably advise you to go to another platform like zoom or teams because that's that's easily done um but yeah it's just to try and inform people that there is a world out there that can um you can pretty effectively, I feel, replicate that in-person event feel online. Um, and arguably, this is another conversation down the line we could probably have, is the effectiveness of online events is um, there are a lot of pros and cons for the effectiveness of online compared to in-person. And certainly we're, we're seeing them come up. Uh, we're seeing that come up quite a lot with our members where you know, online is a, they're a lot more accessible. Um, but the flip side of that is online events are very easy to, you know, just drop off and not attend or something like that. So there's, there's pros and cons to them all, but um, online events have their place. They're very effective. We've seen that firsthand, not just from our own events, but other events. And yeah, there is a, there is a world out there outside of um, Zoom, which uh, everyone seems to be adopting. Um, but, but yeah, that's, we, we are there to help people. And um, yeah, so just to making people aware of that really. Oh, it's great. It's a great point that, 
about online events and doing more with online events because I remember um especially when I like I used to work as head of marketing and I used to have all of these people coming at me going you need to exhibit at this event you need to sponsor this event and I'm like you could go to an event every single week of every single month of every single year and always be doing events and it was really difficult to choose the right events that you're going to get something out of whereas sometimes some of these events that you go to and you're just like this did not need to be an in-person event you know you could have done it in a different way so it's um it's definitely interesting to see which which events will stay as online events in the future and which events will revert back to in person Mm. so we have reached our time but we've talked about loads in this episode so if anybody's thinking about organizing their own event you can use what you've listened to in this podcast if you are just wanting to get more out of your online networking then you can always go back to the person that's arranging these events and uh, talk to them about even trying remo or having a look at different options and um, you know, also you've got lots and lots of tips about how to get more from your own networking as well. So Bradley, if anybody wants to contact you or get in touch with you, what is the best way to do that? Um, either through our website, um, Network My Club website, or my email is bradley at networkmyclub.co.uk and LinkedIn. We're very active on LinkedIn, always keen to uh, connect up with people and, and, and jump into conversations on LinkedIn. So that's a platform I'm a big advocate of. So uh, yeah, connect up with me on LinkedIn. Um, that'd, be, that'd be great. And the final thing that I do want to ask you, if you could share one tip with somebody that's going to a networking event this afternoon or this week, what would that one tip be? I think arriving prepared is quite is quite a key thing. It's it's doing that work before the event, and you know, with with online networking, and I will focus on online networking because that's the world that we are in. The principles of networking, whether that's online or in person, have stayed the same. But with online, you can arrive. The organizer should be sending out delegate lists in advance, so take the time to look through that, have a pen and paper with you when you're on the call and take some notes and use those notes to follow up. It's not at an in-person event. You don't have the ability to be writing notes down as you're talking to someone. So be arrive prepared. And when you are there, just be present. Um, don't put your phone in your drawer, close down your emails, close down other tabs and just be present for that hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever it may be. Um, people can definitely tell when you're trying to multitask on a video call. So don't think they can't. Definitely. Brilliant. Great tips. Thank you so much, Bradley. It's been great having you on here. And until next time, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. When marketing isn't your primary focus or area of expertise, it can quickly become very overwhelming, frustrating, and end up at the top of your I'm avoiding this list. If you'd like to make your life easier and get results from your marketing, then I invite you to come and join us in the Curious Marketing Club, a virtual community full of support, guidance, and know-how. For details about the club and for the show notes from this episode, please visit my website, charliewyman.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn from other people who are being curious and doing amazing things, then please subscribe and keep listening. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.